You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Like everything in life, you can hear horror stories about writing and publishing a book. What are the most common pitfalls, really? Welcome to the ReachMD Book Club. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, author of You Can Think Like a Psychiatrist, your host, and with me today is Joyce Griffith. Joyce runs a publishing service where she has been helping authors publish their own books for the past 20 years. She has an MBA from Cal State Los Angeles and has worked in marketing and public relations for hospitals and other organizations. Joyce also spent five years in Africa teaching English to secondary students. Her specialty is editing and writing books and newsletters for physicians and other healthcare providers to promote health and healing. She also produces audiobooks and books that are available online. Welcome to ReachMD, Joyce. Thank you. It's good to be here. Joyce, you've been helping physician authors get their books to press for 20 years now. I'm sure you've seen some great things and some, some horror stories as well. Can you share with us the most common traps that we as physician authors often get caught up in? There's a whole group of people out there waiting to trap you as a doctor into self-publishing. Spending more than what you get back is basically the bottom line. The first trap is some doctors have the idea, not anyone that I know, of course, but there are doctors out there, I understand, who think that they know everything, and so they don't need anyone's help. They'll just do the book, print it, and run with it. That's what the first trap is. They, they, if someone thinks that you think you know everything, then they'll quickly rush you off to the printer and away you go. The second trap is related to it, and that is doctors can be very humble, and they can say, I don't know anything about this, when they actually know more than they think they do. That's another trap. If you don't know anything, then you're a sitting duck for someone who comes along. Don't worry. We'll take care of everything. Just keep sending us you know, $2,000 a month or whatever, and you have nothing to worry about. Any other common things that you see? Well, two other traps are the assumption that if you pay more, you get more. Not necessarily true. If you're careful, if you tend to go to a smaller business, you'll probably pay more than if you go to a big business. And some of these book production companies, pre-press specialists, have, are really like factories. They employ hundreds of people, and you won't get the one-on-one attention that you will from a smaller outfit. So you have to be careful about that, paying more and getting more. On the other hand, you have to be worried about the concept that if it's cheap, it's a bargain. No, if it's cheap, it might just be cheap. It might just not be worth the money, even though it's not very much money. Now, is there a difference when you think about the traditional paper kind of publishing versus if you want to publish your book online or do an audio book or something like that? We keep waiting for the online book production arm of publishing to take off, and we keep watching and watching and watching. It makes a little bubble here and there, but it really has still, after all these years, a <laughs> couple anyway, it still hasn't taken off. E-books are just not as popular as print books. So we have some combinations. We have people that say, well, you can go through us, and we'll give you an e-book or we'll give you a print book or we'll give you a web book or we'll give you whatever you whatever you want. But the ebook itself is just a little inconvenient, hard on your eyes to read page after page, and it's not taking off as much as people thought it might. Well, I know for me, it's hard to curl up with a computer. It's just it's a whole different tactile experience. Yeah, sure is. Other traps that physician authors get caught into. So many times I get a book from even doctors and they say, 
don't worry about editing this book. My great niece, Estella, took an English major in college, and she has read it, and I'm sure there is nothing wrong with the book. It doesn't need editing. So I have a little bargain. I say, okay, tell me. I'll tell you what. I'll read the first 10 pages, and if I don't find any serious glitches in those first 10 pages, you've got it. I won't charge you for an editing fee. And I've yet to find one that didn't have a serious problem. So don't go by your family. If your family says it's a wonderful book or if they edit it and say it's a perfect book, be careful about believing them. Your family and your best friends, they're going to say whatever they want to say to make you feel good. And you have to be a little bit more objective than that. Now, what about in terms of the other things that go into a book, like illustrations or the cover design? How do you find people to do those? The cover design is so important. I happen to have a professional cover designer in my stable that I use. She happens to be my niece, but she's been working for me for about 20 years. And she does wonderful work, I think. But it costs more. You can do your own cover design for nothing, just design it on the web. But if you take the time and and employ a designer who has experience designing covers, you're going to get a better book. You're going to get a more readable book. You're going to get one that hops off the shelf toward you. So I suggest if you have to scrimp, don't scrimp on cover design. You want that cover to really shout, this book must be read, read me. The, The book cover is the only selling that there is in the bookstore. You see the book, in fact, you see the spine. So many people, they don't even think about the spine. The spine is what you see, the back of the book. When you walk into a bookstore, that's what you see. And so that has to be vivid and compelling to open the book and start looking at it, and then you're more likely to buy it. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Joyce Griffith. We're discussing the 10 traps waiting to snare physician authors. Okay, Joyce, what else do we have to be careful of? Well, I've got down here is trap number six, and that is when a doctor is trying to write on a technical subject for a non-technical audience. It is so hard to leave those technical words behind. And it's hard for me as a layperson to put those technical terms in non-technical format, too, because I'm not a doctor and I know some of the lingo, but I don't know at all. It's easy for me, oh, I know what that means, to just run it through because I know what it means. Just because we know what it means doesn't mean the reader knows what it means. So we have to be careful of, for example, even simple words like presented. Instead of saying, I once had a patient who, we will say, the patient presented with, well, that's not ordinary people talk. So have to be careful about using words like absolute contraindication or transferal or, or things that are perfectly clear to us, but that the ordinary person out there simply doesn't use those words in that way. So I have to put them in terms that the layperson understands. And I like to think that's what an editor can can do for the doctor, is break those technical jargon words down into everyday language that everybody can understand. So what grade level do you shoot for when you're editing a book? About grade six or seven. So it is kind of hard for us to remember what it was like to be in sixth grade and what, what their vocabulary is and that. So so that's where an editor really can be one of our best friends in this process. Absolutely, yeah. One of my favorite books is uh, called, not by a physician, is called Made to Stick by the Heath Brothers. And they talk about how to make your message what they call sticky, that is, that people can remember it. 
And one of the things that they mention is called the curse of knowledge. As physicians, we are definitely cursed with knowledge that we, uh, just because we talk about these things all day long and this is our life, um, doesn't mean that the rest of the world can understand it. Absolutely. That's more common with specialists, orthopedic specialists or surgery specialists or cardiology specialists, because if they spend more of their time talking to fellow physicians, they don't have to break it down into common language. But I find that the primary care physicians are much better at that, and they're used to explaining every little thing in terms that the patients can understand. So it depends on how high up the hierarchy you go in technology before you bump into two doctors that just can't break it down into simple language. Okay, other traps out there. Other traps out there. Oh, we've got lots more. Let's see. One trap is it'll take you forever to write this book, five or ten years. Well, no. It won't take that long. You don't need to get that trap. But other, the other opposite trap is, oh, yeah, we'll get this book out. Can I have this book by Christmas? I hear that a lot, this November, October, Halloween. You know, Can I have this book by Christmas? It, you have to be flexible. It's going to take longer than you wish, but not as long as you fear. Once it's all done from our end and you actually send it to the printer, how long does that typically take? It depends. If it's paperback, it takes about four weeks. If it's hardcover, it takes about six weeks. The reason is the the binding of the hardcover with the flaps and so forth is more complicated and it's brutal, but it takes a little bit longer. And how do you decide whether you want your book to be hardback or paperback? Good question. You have to just sort of throw the dice in the air and how it lands. The hardcover book has a perception of greater value. The way I print books, my experience is it costs between 2 and $3 more per book to have a hardcover. So the way, is the extra cost worth worth it? Is the extra cost and the extra perception going to pay off for me? If not, then go to paperback. And anymore, there used to be a terrible stigma about publishing a paperback book. First you publish it hardcover, then you publish it paperback. But that stigma has gone away with self-publishing. So you can publish your first book paperback, and no one will, will think anything about that. That's fine. That's, that's a good idea, you know. From a reader's perspective, I think paperbacks are much more user-friendly. Again, like it's hard to curl up with an electronic book. It's hard to curl up with a hardback sometimes. Yes. Interesting. Well, thanks for being on our show today, Joyce. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. We've been discussing the most common traps that physician authors fall into with publisher Joyce Griffith. I'm Dr. Leslie Lent. You've been listening to the ReachMD Book Club on ReachMD XM157 the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at reachmd.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. Thank you for listening. 